0: I think theology is for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something?
1: Welcome to the broadcast, folks. This is Theology Unplugged of Reclaiming the Mind Ministries. I am Michael Patton, and I am here with Tim Kimberly. Hello. It's good to be here. Yeah, and we are not uh, with another person, Sam, this time.
0: We're not right now. Yeah, we got rid of him. But well, he
1: won't return any of our phone calls. But yeah, I mean, the we're, rumor we're trying is... trying to be honest here. This yeah. is unplugged.
0: Actually, he was here yesterday with 16 other pastors at the Credo House, which, yeah. was, which was wonderful. And he will be here next week.
1: Next week. Next week. Okay, good. So he has not abandoned us. He just
0: doesn't return your phone calls. All, but, right,
1: all right. He returns mine. Fair enough. Good, good stuff. Sam will be back next week, and uh, he will be uh, talking about something special. We'll just hold off on that until next week. This is um, a podcast that can be found on iTunes. That's a good place to find it. Also, a good place to find it is our homepage at reclaimingthemind.org. Just click on Theology Unplugged. You can catch all the feeds. You can play it live from there. We put it up on the blog at Parchment and Pen Blog, so there's all kinds of places that you can get it, but Mm -hmm. I always suggest just go to iTunes. That's Mm -hmm. the, that's the going thing now, even though I don't really like Apple, I, you know, have to concede on that part.
0: World domination.
1: Yeah, since, uh, since they got rid of my player that they used to use, uh, a couple of years ago I, I used this one player For so long And I never would Switch to iTunes mm. The and
0: one I, player By By uh, No 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 okay. no
1: Not real It was this one I don't, okay. I don't even remember What it's called But used it forever Bought all my music Through that And mm. then They went out of business And I lost all my music Wow well. So,
0: All that U2 down the drain. I
1: don't I don't think the eternal fad or the perpetual fad of uh, Apple will go away, so I'm pretty confident buying my stuff there. So you may be confident going to there and getting the Theology Unplugged broadcasts. We are unplugged. Uh, what does that mean? It means uh, hopefully we're talking about theology in a way that uh, pulls the plugs out, meaning that we're not trying to be cliche theologians. Uh, Mm -hmm. We want to talk honestly and openly about these types of things, about uh, theology, about our beliefs, and that's what we're going to do today. Mm. But um, real quick, Tim, I I want to mention one one thing. You have a series that just started on archaeology. That's right. Top 10 finds of archaeology. Tell us briefly about that where they can finds,
0: find it. Top 10 discoveries as it relates to biblical finds. So we're not just saying top 10 archaeological finds of all time. Okay. Uh, but top 10 as they relate to the Bible. You can find it on our Parchment and Pen blog, reclaimingthemind.org slash blog. I have been spending all morning in the world of the Assyrian Lachish Reliefs. And let me tell you, amazing. So if you want to know what that's all about, in a couple hours, check our blog. And actually, by the time this is online, the blog will be up there. And so it's amazing stuff. And all I'm right. excited about it. So what we're doing, I did an introduction, and then we're going to do the top 10, and we're counting them down David Letterman style. So each post so will have 10, 9, 8, and then the number one find will be the last and one. And so
1: altogether, there will be 11 posts because you got the introduction, is that That's right? That's correct. Or are you going to do a conclusion at the end?
0: Probably not a conclusion. Maybe. It depends. You're my boss, so you can let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, it looks like what we might be doing is uh, one-off after that, maybe sort of a type of appendix that are the top bogus finds that keep coming up time and time again. Alright, that'll
1: be good. That'll be good. We'll turn that into an ebook or something like that as well for you guys. Yeah. So keep keep an eye on our blog. That's the that's the best way to keep up daily on theology and uh, you know, articles that we write on, on theology updates on our ministry.
0: And that's not just cool. us but other people as well. Dan Wallace has some posts on there recently yep. and other people.
1: Yep. So. Uh, so, if you haven't been to the Parchment and Pen blog, check that out. Uh, those of you who are around here, or those of you who are online, the, the 31st of this month, we are having theology boot camp on Saturday from nine until three o'clock. You can find out more about that by going to our site as well. The best place to go would be where the store.
0: The best place is to type in TheologyBootCamp.com. TheologyBootCamp.com. Check Actually, that out. Actually, TheologyBootCamp.org, I believe. Dude.org and .com. Test try, them out. Try either one.
1: <laughs> check that out. That'll be an all-day event. You guys can enroll online uh, here at the Credo House as well. The spaces are filling up fast, so check that out. Now, we're going to get to our subject of today, and it's going to be a one-of. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's something that I I have thought about quite often. Uh, I'm sure many of our viewers have thought about this and maybe it gets uh, put somewhere in the back of your mind to where you don't think about it quite so much, but there's a, a question, um, an objection that a lot of people have with regards to not just Christianity but mm. God in general, mm. and uh, one that they find confusing and one that I think if you are able to put yourself in their shoes, which we sh- should all be able to do, is somewhat confusing. Whenever we talk about God, we're talking about having a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Whenever we talk about God, we're talking about prayer. We're talking about him speaking to us, him guiding us, him directing us. We're talking about sacrificing our entire life over to him mm-hmm. and uh, his purpose and plan for us. And so our entire life has a backdrop of, of the providence of God in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a relationship. I mean, we speak a lot about that as being mm-hmm. a relationship. And a lot of a lot of people out there, um, including myself, have wondered why doesn't God interact with us in a way that would be at least somewhat parallel? to the way you and I are interacting right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got a third microphone here, and God's not going to show up, and he's not going <laughs> to give us the answers. He's not going to sit down and give us a we, – we can't call him up. It's not mm-hmm. a converse with scholars or a converse with God and say, hey, can we get on God's calendar just to have an interview with him? Mm-hmm. Because we would love just to have the big man here himself, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and forgive me if I'm sounding sacrilegious or being flippant about this. I don't mean to. I'm trying to represent what a lot of people would
0: think. yeah. And represent as well our human observation. I mean, God has created us in his image and the way that we grow closest to each other are through things that seem to be contrary to the way that we grow closer to God. Exactly.
1: I mean, we we deal with what's visible. Mm-hmm. We deal with uh, uh, what we can hear, mm-hmm. what we can touch uh, with, with hugging people. You know, you mm-hmm. talk about that. We, we had that video the other day the man hug you know how that's to right. give a good man hug well we don't really know how to give a good god hug that's right yeah. it, it's a whole different realm mm-hmm. of experience or a whole different type of relationship though so it seems
0: mm-hmm.
1: now I'm not saying that we don't experience God okay mm-hmm. that's not what I'm saying but there's a there's a a, a fancy word um that, that you would learn if you were in philosophy. Mm. And it's called empirical uh, as opposed to rational. Mm. Uh, rational would be, you know, what, what, what can you learn, what can you know just by thinking about it. Mm. Uh, empirical would be what can you learn, what can you experience by having some type of hands-on experience with something. Mm. Uh, what can you see? You know, that's empirical uh what can you hear what can you observe what can you feel
0: taste taste five senses exactly
1: yeah. it's it's satisfying our senses and so a lot of people are that way but some people are much more rational in their mindset mm-hmm. and say well i believe what i can figure out what i can think through but other people and i would say that the majority of the average person out there as you grow up and as you 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 move through adolescence you uh, have this backdrop of the empirical method, you know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, like I was, uh, like I sometimes play with my kids and say, uh, whenever something happens, I said, somebody just ran in there and did that. And whenever nobody else is in the house, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they say, no, I didn't see anybody. You know, they they just don't believe it because they didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And so the things that they don't see, they learn not to believe or not to engage with. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear it, didn't see it, didn't feel it, didn't taste it, didn't smell it.
0: So it must not exist.
1: It must not exist. And so you've got this this idea, and I'm going to get another kind of technical, at least theological word out here, called the hiddenness of God.
0: Mm.
1: And um, it, it has to do with God's silence. -hmm. Why is God hidden? Why doesn't he show himself more? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: An atheist may come up to me and say, Michael, I I might believe in God if you just show himself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, at least write his name in the sky through the clouds or, or just answer me. Why is it so hard for him to respond in Mm -hmm. a way that he has created us to long for? Mm -hmm. If he's real. And so the hiddenness of God, it's called the problem of the hiddenness of God. And, and I think it is in some sense a problem whenever you're dealing with it from a skeptic's point of view. A lot of Christians don't really have any problem with this because they would say, well, we just have faith and we mm-hmm. understand that God has appeared in history mm-hmm. and that he, he has empirically satisfied humanity in the past, even though he may not have satisfied me
0: individually. Mm -hmm. Well, and I would say even, too, that uh, part of Reclaiming the Mind Ministries, we want to say as much as possible, we want to step into these things and embrace them with our minds. And it would be clear to say, looking at how God has created us, uh, believing that is a central tenet of our faith, that we are created by him, he has created us with those five senses. And so those five senses, so that we are able to basically know what is true and what is not true, what exists, what doesn't exist, what can you touch, what can you not touch. And so people saying, well, if God created you with these five senses so that you can use those five senses, humanity can to know uh, what is, then surely wouldn't he create that so that we could use those senses to know him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I mean, I think you can approach that even from, a non, from someone who's a believer and saying, well, I'm still struggling with this because I'm embracing intellectually that God is creator, and I'm stepping into that saying, well, what did that mean? How did he make us? Uh, then saying, well, did he make us so that we can't know him? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> did he configure our bodies in a way that it's very, very difficult for us to actually uh, sense him?
1: yeah yeah and you know it, it's it's we seem to be left with this uh this reality of of looking at what god has done in the past mm-hmm. not necessarily what god is doing so much right now empirically mm-hmm. yeah, i mean we we've got all kinds of other ways in which we may be able to say god has left evidence for us in the past but he's also left evidence for us in our lives as he moves in our lives and and uh, as we experience him emotionally, mm-hmm. but the point being is that God is
0: hidden, so there's a question so how do we dive into this theologically? Well, where, I want to ask you something
1: very f- very uh, uh, very uh straightforward first, and maybe the listeners can put this in their own mind. but have you ever talked to God and heard his voice
0: mm. in an audible sense? yeah, no,
1: have you ever seen Jesus Christ physically no. Uh, you know, we don't really know what he looks like. You know, we got good pictures, and yeah. the, the best I can do is the uh, 1970s version of Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, that's mm. that's just stuck in my mind. Mm. Uh, I'm that's, glad that's not stuck in my mind. <laughs> well, you, yours is the Passion of Christ, so right in, in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have not either. I have never mm. heard God's voice. I've never, late at night, I've prayed for it. Mm. Uh, I said, God, just
0: talk. Come on, mm. it's uh, just you and me. Yeah, yeah. I won't
1: tell anybody if you're trying to stay hidden. Yeah, I won't rely upon this too much if you're trying to to make me uh, keep the faith in a different way. Mm.
0: Just do it once. I have tried to move a mountain before. Yeah, did it work? No, it didn't. <laughs> but but I tried because Jesus says that we can with with faith of a mustard seed, and so uh, in many ways too, we're getting at this kind of disappointment of what can be a disappointment in the hiddenness of God. Of uh, We read things like Elijah on Mount Carmel. We, we see these fantastical things of uh, uh, where God is heard, where God is touched, where God is seen very tangible ways, and we yearn for that.
1: It is, and it's looking back in the
0: Bible, and and that's Mm. our primary source, and Mm. we say, gosh, it seems to be that he wasn't quite so silent before. Mm -hmm. Well, in archaeology and things like that, I mean, can point us in a direction. I mean, can't surely say, yes, that for sure miracle happened, but can point us in a direction where it seems that the things that we read in the Bible are completely accurate, Mm -hmm. and we know that Mm -hmm. God doesn't change, and that his power is just as evident now as it was then, and so we're left kind of wondering, well what's been going on for the last 2,000 years as people have been beckoning and asking for God's tangible presence. Well, you know,
1: and it's the shield that is put up between what we know to be in this life right now, the way things function Mm -hmm. and the way in which we believe things are in reality. We Mm -hmm. believe that there's this other sphere that is filled with God and angels and and those loved ones who have gone before us and Mm -hmm. that they are conscience, mm-hmm. that they uh, uh, we may believe that they understand and are aware of what's going on here, mm-hmm. um, that they are still concerned about us, or, or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. But there's just this other world. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, is this other side, mm-hmm. and yeah, getting secular stuff and, and, and with ghosts and all that kind of stuff. But we, we do
0: have a belief in this other side. In the supernatural, too. Yeah. So, and that's what we're talking about in many ways is supernatural things. Yeah. Because natural is really our five senses. Mm-hmm. So supernatural would be me and you sitting here and hearing a third voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is not coming from a voice box.
1: And you're yeah. not hearing one right now, are you? No. Okay. Um, here's Here's one thing that I do want to say, and I think it's important for us to... Look to the Scripture and see if the Scripture has anything to say about this. Mm-hmm. First of all, I would say that from our standpoint, whenever we look at the Scripture, we may be a little bit confused because it seems to be that God's modus operandi, are the way in which he normally works. Or MO for or those M-O.
0: on the east <laughs> side. Throwing the, the gangbanger sign.
1: The way in which he normally works would be um, to talk to people, you know, talk to Abraham, to talk to Adam, to talk to Moses, uh, go up the mountain and talk to him and, and hear his voice, see his, his his crossing over, if you will, mm-hmm. to the other side, mm-hmm. to our side. Mm-hmm. And, and we see this as we look at it and we say, gosh, it was common. Why mm-hmm. can't we have the same type of thing?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think from the unbeliever standpoint, they say, well, it's just because that's all mythology. Everybody has their crossing over and their mythology. Yeah. And Christianity has the same thing, but whenever it comes to the real world, here and now, we don't have it. So all yeah. we have to do is base it upon right now. Uh, one of the things that I think would be misleading is to act as if the Bible does present that as a norm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I, I look at Abraham, for instance. And God, as far as we know, never came to Abraham until he was, what is it, 90 years old? Yeah, yeah. And then he went absent from Abraham's life for the next 12 years. Yeah. Then he talks to him again, you know, and um, we seem to think, oh, he was talking to him
0: all along. Yeah, they were hanging out all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Moses, too, would be a great example that... You know, we see Moses when he's about 40 years old, then we don't see him again until he's 80 years old, Mm -hmm. and for those 40 years he had been a shepherd, basically, and we don't know if he ever sensed God's presence for those 40 years, and then God calls him back to do uh, the 10 plagues of Egypt and amazing things, and then... then we could say that his presence in many ways might have not always been consistent there. Well, so
1: we're saying is God's hiddenness. He becomes unhidden very rarely, even in these lives.
0: Even in the generations where he's known for being very active in that tangible sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, we could sit down and pull up the third chair if Abraham were here and say, Abraham,
0: how much did you
1: talk to God? Tell us about those times. And he may be able to tell us about them all in about five minutes. Yeah, Because he may say, there were two times.
0: And he could, well, you could say, "Let me pull out Genesis. I'll read them to you." Yeah, That's yeah. it. There's nothing else.
1: <laughs> well, well, Abraham, we we thought that this meant you were on a you know first name basis, always talking to him. All but no, two times. Yeah. And yeah. and the first time, I started to doubt it. You know, yeah. And wonder whether or not he really did talk to me.
0: Yeah. Well, and we have then we have so many examples in the Bible where we never see that tangible. Aspect of God. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of Jeremiah mm-hmm. and, and some other people. Where, um, well, Jeremiah, I believe there was, but there are definitely instances of of people who are in the Bible. Who would be in our boat? Where if you ask them, "Hey, have you actually heard God's voice? Have you actually touched God? Have Mm -hmm. you you seen Him with your eyes?" Mm -hmm. They would say no. Yeah. And I mean, Hebrews eleven, in many ways, is that the the hall of faith, as it's called. And many of them, it says, you know, they were still looking for it when they died. Mm. They were still looking for the the things that they were hoping in, and things like that.
1: Well, the point is, is that even in the Bible, God is hidden. Mm-hmm. to most people yeah it's yeah. just that we have an interpretation of his actions from a different standpoint and mm-hmm. so we we can't really interpret all of history as if you know we're living in a completely different way mm-hmm. in which uh, things function between us and God our relationship mm-hmm. Jesus Christ was obviously very unique yes. I mean that was the crossover yeah you know, that was the crossover the incarnation to where Jesus Christ suddenly the other side is completely with us.
0: And that I mean that's the mystery and the awe of the incarnation mm-hmm. is that people are wrestling with God. I mean when you're when you're two two guys just duking it out and just having fun playing together and wrestling together and stuff that you're doing that with God himself. Yeah. And I mean that's yeah. the most tangible expression that we have ever seen of God's presence yeah. for sure. Well,
1: Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 1 ascended into heaven. Mm -hmm. And the apostles sat there staring and, and, you know, wondering. I think they didn't think he was going to sin because just a moment before they said, are you going to restore your kingdom in Israel right now? Yeah. And he said, it's not for you to know the times of the epics. And then all of a sudden he's gone and the angels have to come down and say, hey, quit
0: staring. You know, Who knows if that was eight hours later and they're still <laughs> looking up with sore necks, maybe
1: but waiting for him to come back, waiting for the crossover to to be complete. And that's what yeah. we want. The crossover to be complete. We want Jesus Christ here with us. I want to talk to him. I want to yeah. talk to him in different ways and uh that that I am uh constrained to right now. Mm. Um but one verse that stands out in particular with regards to this that I think helps us to understand that the, the hiddenness of God is actually part of the Christian worldview. As a matter of yeah. fact, if God was not hidden, yeah. we'd be wondering, you know, what, what, what was meant by these words of Peter in First Peter chapter 1. Peter said, uh, to his audience, and listen to the assumption that Peter is making here. He says, and though you have not seen Christ now, you love him. And though you you do not see him now, or no, excuse me, though you have not seen him past, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him,
0: Mm.
1: you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Mm. I mean, Peter's assumption right there to his—I mean, he didn't interview them first and say, "Hey, have any of you guys ever heard Jesus or seen Jesus?" Mm. They said no, and they say, "Okay, well, now I can say this." Yeah, I think the assumption of Peter since the since the um, uh, uh, the ascension of Christ is that nobody sees him mm-hmm. and, and and nobody hears him. I mean, I think the point would be kind of silly if Peter was saying, "Though you have not seen him, but I know you talk to him," but though you have not seen him. You believe in him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, there's a sense in which Peter is saying, though you have not experienced him empirically, mm-hmm. you have faith. Yeah. And you receive the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Yeah. And, and that, I think, creates a a, a the expectation that we sh- Christians should have that we won't ever talk to him.
0: No, no. Well, in the verse that pops in my mind, we had talked about this earlier uh, last week or so was is john twenty twenty nine as well uh, this is with Thomas uh, you know is known for his doubting yet is still a, a faithful disciple of jesus uh, but Thomas, after the the resurrection is is denying and saying hey i 'm not going to believe it until I see mm-hmm. <laughs> so until I can sense it empirically, then I will believe in the resurrection." And Jesus allows him to do that. I mean, one of the few people ever in the history of the world who, when he says, hey, I need to empirically interact here, or I'm not going to believe, and for God's grace to actually allow him to empirically, and so Jesus shows up and says, okay, stick your finger in my holes, you mm-hmm. know, in the hole in my side and the holes in my wrist, mm-hmm. you know, which is as earthy, grotesque, and it's as empirical as you can get, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. um, And it's not just looking at a distance, but he's saying, you know, stick your finger in here if you want empirical evidence. And then then Thomas says, my Lord and my God. Uh, But then Jesus says, uh, have you believed, this is verse 29, have you believed because you have seen me? And then he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Mm. It seems to be Jesus' preference, or, I mean, there's at least a blessing there, Well, because I think it applies to more of his people that most of us will never see him. And he's saying, you know what, that's a blessing for you, because you are believing without seeing. Mm -hmm. That's powerful faith. Mm -hmm.
1: And I, I don't think that in any way we are left with this kind of blind faith that says, uh, mm-hmm. You know, the the less evidence you rely upon, the better off your faith. I mean, we we have a lot, and we're mm-hmm. we we do not have time to go into this. But yeah. there's it, God has left His footprints, if you will. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't see Him sitting standing here, but we see the footprints of God in yeah. so many ways. Yeah, and there's a lot of other ways in which we do encounter God mm-hmm. and experience Him, and He He is not hidden in that way, but empirically, He seems to be hidden. Mm. Um, and Peter verifies this. Now, with the last bit of our broadcast here, I want to talk about the why. You know, why is it that God has set up the world in such a way to where He remains Him? Because I think that's a very theological question. There.
0: Yeah, I would agree too. Um, I,
1: and, and I don't know that we can answer it so definitively that uh you know because i don't i don't really know of any particular verse or in the Bible that really expressively says this, maybe some some places that implicitly say this, mm-hmm. but uh you know the classical answer I think is more like uh, God wants us to have faith, mm-hmm. and so he wants us to have the opportunity i think it's Blaise Pascal who says he's he's hidden himself just enough to where we have to exercise faith. Mm. Uh, but he's revealed himself enough to where if we do believe in him, it's not silly faith. Yeah. Um, and and I'm not against that. But I think there's another element that kind of gets missed sometimes. And, and this is what I wrote the blog post about whenever I, I spoke or whenever I wrote on this, uh, you know, on parchment and pen. And I think there's a sense in which we, we have a mission that is here on the earth that would be compromised Mm. If God were to uh, cross over, if you will, mm. if God even once, because mm. it creates expectation, mm. but but especially if He's just always there at our beck and call. Hey, God, mm. can we do a quick interview? Sure, yeah. I'm um, yeah, I'm um, omnipresent. I can show up anywhere. Mm. I'm doing five million interviews right now. Mm. Hey, God, can, can you answer this question for me? God, why did I just stub my toe? Yeah. God, why did – I mean, just on and on we could go, you know, with a conversation that we would get into with God. But it's a crossing over. Mm. It's this idea of, God, can't you just cross over mm-hmm. whenever I want you to mm. and and, uh, and show yourself whenever I want you to? And, and I, I look at – this is going to be a silly illustration to you maybe, but mm. Justice League is my all-time favorite show. Mm. Uh, not You're right.
0: That. This is a silly illustration.
1: Justice League is is the greatest, greatest rendition of superheroes of the DC Comics ever. Okay. So I, I've watched every Justice League. On the season finale of season two, there was a part where Flash, you know, who Flash is right? yeah, okay. yeah,
0: Mister Gordon. Yeah, okay.
1: no, no, actually, it's a different Flash. Oh, really? Yeah. Flash, oh, okay. Flash and Flash Gordon are not the same.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I do not then. <laughs> I need to <laughs> buy Gordon is not really
1: this. He, he's not the fast guy in the same sense. Oh, okay. But, um, Flash, Wally West, was defeating an enemy. But in order to do this, he had to go around the world and come around and hit him each time. So he was going around <laughs> the world and around the world to hit this guy. And Flash has never gone that fast before. Okay. After he was done, and defeated the enemy, what happens is his molecules become unstable in his body and he begins to enter this vortex. That Mm. was a crossover between this life and the next. Mm. He disappeared, but you could hear his voice and he's and everybody was calling him back, you know, Mm. saying, Come back, Flash, come back to this world. Don't cross over. And Flash says, But it's so beautiful over here.
0: Mm.
1: I I don't want to.
0: Mm.
1: That because of his empirical exposure to the other side, you know, Mm. his access to the other side, he was not ready to fight criminals Mm. anymore and beat up bad guys. It, it, and uh, let me give you a better illustration that you might like more. I, I'm, I'm
0: following you loosely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Remember, one of our Christ. Uh, I think it was in uh, John good, chapter eleven. Good, you brought it back into yeah, Mister Mister Know It All Christ everyone. guy. <laughs> don't like Justice League <laughs> illustrations.
0: No man, I'm good. I just uh, need to
1: borrow your DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> whenever of Christ was going to um, go and see Lazarus. Lazarus had died. And remember how the disciples were all scared. They said, mm. well, if you go back there, you're going to be dead mm. because they're seeking to kill you before. Yeah, and yeah. if you show up there, you're dead. And Christ said, Christ said come, let's go see Lazarus. He mm. has gone to sleep. And Thomas, you know, at that point, mm. you know, he, he's been crossed over. Mm. Uh, Thomas has been crossed over with the other side this entire time. Mm. The, 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 the other world has been a part of his world. And he immediately says, come, let's go that we might die with him.
0: Mm.
1: He's ready to die. Hmm. He's ready to call it. uh, Wherever you go now, Christ, that's where I want to be because I have been exposed to you to such a degree. Peter does the same thing. I mean, he says, I'm ready to die with you at any point. You know, Hmm. they're all ready to die. It's not so much this idea of dying for Christ. It's dying with him Hmm. because they don't want to leave him. Yeah. They they have been exposed in such a way to where they cannot let go. The upper room discourse shows the same thing. I mean, just show us the father. Show us the father. Wow. And so uh, the idea here is that this exposure to the other side, like flash, we would. Uh, if God were continually coming over here and mm. exposing us, we'd say, "Hey, let's just go. Yeah, let's just make that final step. That we're we got one foot in this world, one foot in the other world. Mm. One foot in the other world will not help us to keep one foot in this world.
0: Mm-hmm. Here, let me give the ultimate illustration. Okay. Being an Iowa farm boy is right. the movie Field of Dreams. Okay, I mean now we're talking. That's good stuff. <laughs> tell me, then. tell me, it remind me. I've seen it, but I okay. Don't remember. Okay, well remember. The baseball players would come to the field to play, yeah. but then every night or whenever they were done, they'd go back to the to the other world that they were at, mm-hmm. and they would, as they started walking in the cornfield, they'd disappear and stuff. And then, uh, and then eventually, the big thing was James Earl Jones' character was invited to go back with them because they had come, gone, come, gone so many times that the the yearning was. Can we go with you mm-hmm. where you're going? Mm-hmm. And which sounds like what you're saying. Nice. Yeah, nice. Not you, as good as Flash, you. but good. I got a good Iowa plug though. So good. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean here's the deal, and I know we're running out of time here, but I I, I I know there's a lot of reasons why God is silent. But I think at least we have to consider what we are asking when we say God breach this world mm. and, and Christ in a sense come again. Yeah. be here i don 't want the holy Spirit mm. i I just want you and I, you physically here and, and as the disciples are ready to die, you know they 're ready to commit suicide you no. know for for Christ in order mm. to stay there, I think that nobody would be here on the earth. I think there'd just be mass suicide mm. because there'd be nobody who could concentrate enough on on what 's going on here and the sin and the pain and the hurt and the and the heartache and the 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 trials and the the mm. tears. Mm. And we know that it's so easy. Now, I'm not saying I don't believe that or we don't believe that the other side exists, but the exposure to the other side, Mm. the reality, the blurring of the lines between this world and the next would cause us to be completely ineffective in what God has us to do Mm. in the mission here. Mm. Mm. Uh, At least that's what I've argued. Yeah, and, and, and you know you can put it simply. You know why doesn't God show Himself more? Why isn't God why is God hidden? Because He's got
0: things for us to do, and He doesn't want us all committing mass suicide. Or simpler, yeah, it, it's best for us the way things are right now. Yeah, that it wouldn't be better the other way; it'd yeah. be worse.
1: I, I sympathize with those people though who who do want to see God, who do want to hear God, who do want to touch God. Mm-hmm. But I but I encourage you all to to understand there's a reason why God is silent. Mm -hmm. I encourage you guys to look
0: for his footprints rather than his actual shoes. Yeah, And I think, I know we're wrapping up, but a lot of times in the places where he does show up, so many times that people aren't better off for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can look at the parable of when he heals ten and only one comes back. Yeah. And so the other nine were physically healed, but they were actually no better off spiritually. Yeah. And and different things throughout the Old Testament where people had just seen just seen him split the Red Sea, and then they're worshiping another god. Mm. Uh, they'd, they'd become so uh, just thick-skinned towards the awe of God because they become too familiar, it seems, as well. It is, and we
1: ask for things as children, Mm -hmm. and we don't really know what we're asking for sometimes. Yeah. yeah, Uh, Folks, it's been fun. It's been a a good discussion. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you will join us next week as we uh, bring back in Sam Storms and and talk about uh, the secret uh, thing that we're going to talk about. Thanks, Tim.
0: Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Theology Unplugged visit our iTunes page by searching Theology Unplugged at the iTunes store. All episodes are available as free downloads. Theology Unplugged is made possible by Reclaiming
1: the Mind Ministries. Reclaiming the Mind Ministries is a listener-supported ministry. If you've enjoyed this session or benefited from it in any way, do consider partnering with us. For information on how to become a ministry partner and for a complete listing of ministry resources, visit the RMM homepage at www.reclaimingthemind.org Thank you for listening, and God bless.